0: is real there's power in your name we
1: find hope trust in your ways we need
0: Jesus is real being quiet in the presence of God the reason I think this is so important is because in an age of outrage most of us feel overwhelmed and bombarded by life and in the midst of so much aggressive bombardment from all these different things great advances we've had as society it also is having a a negative effect on many of us because we're so distracted that we can't settle down at all and the bible teaches that we should be still and know that he's
1: God in this day and age it's hard to get away from the noise If you're not being bombarded by a constant barrage of news and opinions from the outside, you're overwhelmed by your own thoughts and feelings. Well, today, Pastor Daniel encourages you to break away from the noise and spend some time being quiet with God. As hard as this is to do, you'll find clarity, direction, and hope as you connect with God in those moments of stillness. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Isaiah chapter 40 he continues his message, a year of renewal. Jesus. Is real.
0: This vision in our time of prayer and fasting on the last day of it, our 21 days. I felt like I almost received this in dictation. It was so much fun for me. Where literally I just felt like the Lord's like, here it is, 2020. And I remember at that point, two weeks later, I brought it to the staff. And the leader said, okay, this is what I got. What do you guys think? Let's pray about it. And then we got to work on some things. And But it was just so cool because it's like, this is it's so simple, but I promise you, if you grab hold of this, you are going to see God do fresh things in your life. Guaranteed. First, upward. God wants each one of us to be with Jesus. God wants us to be with Jesus. Why? Because that's what Christianity is all about. Christianity is about God saying, I want to be with you. I want you to be with me. And God's promise to each one of us is the gift of his presence. Now, I've always said it to you this way, my friends, that what God wants is that God is inviting you, right? But actually, God's been ministering to me in a fresh way about that because many of us know what it's like to be invited, but not really wanted, Right, like where someone's like, "Well, yeah, you you can come, but you really don't want to come." They're inviting you because they feel obligated to invite you, but when you show up, they really don't want you to be there. Anybody ever have that that experience? I'm the only one. Okay, a couple of you. Praise God. Pray for you. Pray for me. It's how it works, right? But here's the deal: Jesus doesn't just invite us; Jesus welcomes us. Like Jesus actually wants us to be with Him. When I wake up in the morning, Jesus actually wants to hang out with me, and that blows my mind. It blows my mind that I am welcomed into the presence of God, that he looks forward to me, being with him. You know, sometimes I always think that you're welcome to be with Jesus. I always think about Moana. Remember Maui? He's like, you're welcome. But but it's a perfect example of how God isn't, because Maui is so strong, but he actually doesn't want Moana around. He's trying to get rid of her. You're welcome. I'm awesome. Go away. Right? That's the whole theme of that, right? And in a lot of ways, that's exactly the opposite of how God is. God is saying, you are welcome to be with me. I want you to be with me. I created you to be with me, no matter how far you've gotten. So in a year of renewal, the upward piece is God wants us to be with Jesus. And as a church family, there's two Ways That we're going to focus on each one of The the upward, two ways for the upward Two ways for the inward And two ways for the outward So the first of the two ways for to be with Jesus Is that we want to encounter Jesus in stillness We want to encounter Jesus in stillness Let me explain this to you This really speaks about you being quiet in the presence of God The reason I think this is so important is because in an age of outrage Most of us feel overwhelmed and bombarded by life And in the midst of so much aggressive bombardment from all these different things, great advances we've had as society, it also is having a a negative effect on many of us because we're so distracted that we can't settle down at all. And the Bible teaches that we should be still and know that he's God. And I believe that one of the ways God wants to renew each one of us is for each one of us to allow Jesus to do what he wants to do in us in stillness. Now, let me say this. Because there are some parts within Christianity that stillness has become so popular that we're not discerning the spirits. Not everything you experience in stillness is good. But that's why we're not just saying we want you to encounter Jesus in stillness. We're saying we want to read the Bible every single day because we want to be led by the scriptures. And then we let the scriptures define experiencing God in stillness. The analogy God gave me of this is a young child, especially a baby, everyone loves to hold the baby. But sometimes the only way the baby can settle down is if it's in the arms of one of their beloved parents, right? And the parents hold them close. We've all had that experience if you've been a parent, where it's like the kids are freaking out and then all of a sudden mom holds them. And all of a sudden it's like, phew. now that's not always true, but a lot of times it is, right? And in a lot of ways, I think one of the ways Jesus wants to renew each one of us is he wants to draw us close and give us a comfort and a peace that we can only get from him. But we need to find quiet for that. So we're going to be seeking to experience Jesus and, and encountering Jesus in stillness so that we can be still and know that he's God. And then, of course, the second way is that we want to express Jesus' love through the spiritual gifts. The gifts of the Spirit. Now, notice I say that we want to express Jesus' love through the gifts of the Spirit. Now, we're talking about the, the, the charismatic gifts of the Spirit here. Now, I realize that there might not be a more controversial thing to talk about than the gifts of the Spirit, but guess what? Because we believe the Bible here, we got to talk about it. So uh, after this four-week series that we do on Renew, I'm going to do a series called Life Hack, which is all about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Because because it's such a hotly contested topic, I want to see what does the Bible say about it? Because what I've learned is the reason it's hotly contested is some people, right, they... Read the Bible, but they actually don't take the Bible seriously about the gifts. And so the gifts of the Spirit's become like kind of mayhem on one end. Or because some people believe the Bible and they're seeing the mayhem on one end, then they say, well, obviously that's no good now. And actually, I think both are errors. But what does the Bible say? And that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at what does the Bible say about who the Holy Spirit is and how he works. And guess what? Because we believe the Bible here, we're just going to go with that. And so with the gifts of the Spirit, I say that we should be expressing Jesus' love because the the deepest and i'll be taking this in the next series the, the biggest exposition of the gifts of the spirit are 1 Corinthians 12 13 and 14 right now what's amazing is is chapter 12 and chapter 14 are specifically about specific gifts but chapter 13 is about what love and that's not by that's not by chance i like to say that 1 Corinthians 12 13 and 14 create a sandwich the gifts of the spirit are the bread but The sandwich, the meat of the sandwich is what? Is love. And people get messed up when they miss the love in the middle and they just focus on the gifts. The gifts are vehicles for God's love to be expressed in the world. And when the gifts of the Spirit are divorced from the love of God, then all of a sudden we have a big problem. So what I wanna ask you to do is, with this side, both the stillness and with the gifts of the Spirit, I just want you to begin to pray. What does it look like for you to take some time to be still in the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, how do you want to stir your spirit within me? What do you want to do? And what I want to encourage you and what I want to ask you to do is I want to ask you to put your previous experiences on the side so that we can focus on what the word of God says. Because I realize we start talking about the gifts of the spirit. People had histories, backgrounds, and I just want to get it. What does the word of God say about it? Does that make sense? So, for us to be with Jesus, it's not that we're not going to use worship. We talked about that. We're going to keep reading the Word of God. We're going to keep, there's all these things, but our focus is to incorporate stillness and the gifts of the Spirit together. And we're going to be exploring that as we move through this year. So, from there, we want to be with Jesus. That's the upward. And then the upward drives us to the inward, right? And what is the inward for us? Brothers and sisters, we want to be the church. It's real simple. We want to be the church. Now, I think this is super important because when you are with Jesus, then Jesus makes you the church. Now, notice, we want to be the church. We don't want to come to church. The greatest mistake that you can make is think, I go to church. No, you are the church, and sometimes we gather together as a big family, but we are the church 168 hours every week. You realize that? And when a person is with Jesus, Jesus makes us the church. God wants you not just to come to church. He wants you to be the church at every point. Now, can I just say this? And now we're going to be able to talk more about some of what God has been doing. But I am absolutely honored and privileged to be a part of the Crossroads family. I couldn't be happier, more proud to be part of this church family. You are all extraordinary. It's There's not a week that goes by that I am not blown away by what God does in this place. So thank you for being this expression of the church, the crossroads expression. Now, in the same way, I do also want to say that as one of your pastors, as my title is the lead pastor, I am completely aware that I am an imperfect leader and vessel trying to talk about a perfect savior and a perfect gospel. And so I want you to know, and if you've been around here any length of time, you know this. I don't get everything right. I'm going to make mistakes. You know, I'm not trying to make mistakes, but I'm I'm a flawed person. And I just want you to know that when I make a mistake, I'm sorry, and God's not done with me yet. Sometimes I say the right thing the wrong way. Sometimes I say the wrong thing the right way. Right? Sometimes I fumble over my words. Sometimes I don't respond right. But listen, as one of your pastors... I'm doing the best that I can. And I say that because I realize that Crossroads is a big church. It's also a very influential church, not only locally, across the globe, right? And there's lots of people who have lots of feelings and thoughts about things that we do. And sometimes they have part of the information. Sometimes they have all the information. Actually, never. They do. But, that, but that's fine. We'll give them a little benefit of the doubt. And people have say all sorts of things about Crossroads. But what I will tell you is that there's no such thing as a church that is led by a perfect pastor, so I'm doing the best I can. So my hope is, and, and, and not that I'm, you know, I'm not here like, re, you know, resigning or anything. I'm just an imperfect person. And, and you have to know that. So if you're expecting a perfect pastor, then don't go to church. Because <laughs> you'll find the perfect pastor down the road and you're going to realize he's just a human being too. But we're all in process. And I'm grateful God isn't done with me yet. He's working on me. It's a lot of work to do, man. I'm God's major rental project. If it was like, you know, flipping Christians, I'm like God's big project, (laughs) you know? And and listen, and I just say that because I love being here. I love you guys. And those of you who've been around for a while, you know that I'm not perfect, you you know? and, and, And listen, none of us are, but when you're with Jesus, Jesus wants you to be the church. And one of the things that goes on in our individualistic culture today is everybody wants to bag on the church because no one's perfect in the church. It's like, the only perfect person in church is Jesus. But when you spend time with Jesus, Jesus loves the church. Jesus is so passionate about his bride. Jesus protects her, and he cares for her, and he provides for her, and he's got dreams and hopes for her, for us. And what I found is that when a person's with Jesus, then Jesus wants us to be the church. He wants us to be Integrally involved in a local church So as a church family The inward piece is for us to be the church Now how do we want to get at that There's two areas That we believe is the most important For us to focus on this year First we want everyone in a group Everyone in a group We want all of us Into what we call a community group Why? Because family happens around tables In a lot of ways The big family reunion of Crossroads on a Sunday this is not all that you need to be renewed. You need to be in a group. Because you need to figure out how do we apply these truths that we're learning from the scriptures to real life, and how do we live that out in the context of relationship? Now, what's really beautiful is we've moved from a number of years ago, less than 5% of people in the groups, to now probably almost 40%, which is a huge group, but our goal is to have more people in community groups than the 10 crossroads on a weekend. So that's our goal. So if you're, if you're like, I am not in a group, we're going to take the step. Step on in so that we can be the church. Now, there's a second thing on being the church that is important, but what I want to say is these first three, if you encounter Jesus in stillness and you express God's love through spiritual gifts and if, you, if we get everyone in a group, I actually believe if we can get the first three done, the other three will happen as, uh, as the fruit of the first three. Does that make sense? So it's like, if you are being with Jesus, and if you're in a community group, at some point, these next three things, the second one for being the church and for our outward ones, they will actually come as fruit of the first three. So the next thing on being the church is simply this. We want everyone in ministry. Everyone in ministry. What it means is that everybody has to be involved in the work of the ministry of the local church because we're a body. All of us have a part to play. Now, I always use the same example. It is so vivid that you can't miss it. Everybody knows if your whole body is working great, but if all of a sudden you get a sinus infection, how, do you, how does your body feel? Terrible. Some of you are like, I know sinus infection going around. So sorry for those of you who got it, Right? Everything's great. The sinus is bad. The whole body feels terrible. So if we take it, if it's not, maybe your sinuses work great, but all of a sudden your foot stops working. How's, how's life? It's tough. Why? Because one body part that's not functioning hurts everything. It's the way it works. So here's the question. If I were to ask you this question, my ministry or If you were to fill in the blank. My ministry at Crossroads is fill in the blank. If you don't have something to put in the blank right now. I believe God wants to do something. I want you to say. My ministry at Crossroads is students. My ministry at Crossroads is special needs kids. My ministry at Crossroads is kids ministry. My ministry at Crossroads is prayer. My ministry at Crossroads is second Saturday. My ministry at Crossroads is the safety team. My ministry at Crossroads is Doing mission trips to Montana. You know what? If you, my mission trip to Crossroads is internet campus. You know, if you don't have something to put in there, then I want you to be with Jesus and ask Jesus, "What are you supposed to take the step of faith into?" Because every one of us, by the end of the year, we want everyone to say, "My ministry at Crossroads is this," and there's no such thing as I don't have time. And if if you're like, look, I would love to, I don't have time, then I want you to go be with Jesus. And I guarantee if you go to be with Jesus long enough, he'll be like, bro, you need to reorganize this thing. Because what do you mean you don't have time to be part of the very body that I created you to be a part of? Does that make sense? So all of us need to be able to answer, my ministry at Crossroads is this. With all that God is doing in this place, everywhere needs you to be involved. Because this place is growing like crazy. God is doing so much. There's so many opportunities. But we have to be, if everyone's in a group, we want everyone to be in ministry. And if everyone's in a group and in the ministry here at Crossroads, and you're a fully engaged family member. It's one of the things that we always say here. So we're going to be with Jesus, stillness and the spiritual gifts. We're going to learn how to be the church. And we're all going to be in community groups, and we're all going to be in ministry. Then what's the outward? Of course, we're going to be on mission. We're going to be on mission. Because the overflow of God. And his transforming our identity is now all of a sudden that all spills out into the world. God not only loves us, the church, but God loves the world in which we live. And as a church family, we have, almost every year we come with a, this is how we're going to be on mission in unique ways. And, and we'll talk about in the coming weeks all that God is doing. It's not a brag fest. It's, I just love the fact that as a church family, you know, so much of contemporary church is just to give people things that they can consume spiritually. But as a church, we just realized that when somebody is truly mature, they want to transform their community and their world because Jesus, his plan to transform the community and the world is the church. So we call the outreach, the the outward arm of Crossroads, what do we call that here? Love now, right? We call it love now. Now. What most people don't realize is that love now, the L-O-V-E actually forms an acrostic. It gives us, this is what we're trying to accomplish. Our main goals in our all that we do outward is L we want to launch spiritual communities now we say that and notice we don't say we're going to launch churches that's what we're doing but we need to say it in such a way that when we're working with non Christian people which we love to do because we want to reach people is that we don't want to blow them away Like oh, all they want to do is plant churches but that's really what it is we want to launch church, plant churches we want to launch campuses we want to help people do all these things so we want to launch communities that are spiritual in the biblical sense So that's the L. It's one of our big commitments. Oh, we want to operate resourcing centers. And what that means is we want to help set up situations that people can come and get the resources that they need. It's why we work with Youth for Christ in Lebanon, especially with their racial reconciliation work between Syrians and Lebanese people. It's why as a church staff, once a quarter, we have other churches coming in and we are resourcing other churches in and working through how do we do ministry together. Our safety team... They're training other safety teams in our community and in our region on how to do church safety. All these different things because we believe that the gifts that God has given us as a church family we're supposed to share. We have our tech teams and our worship teams. They're investing in people all over the place. Different churches working through how do we do this and how do we do this. Our internet campus. So much of what we do, we're learning from people and then we're resourcing other people. It's a core of who we are and who we've been as a church for a long time. Now, notice the V and the E. The V is we're going to visit the vulnerable. Of course, that comes from the book of James. Visit widows and orphans in their distress and keep yourself unspotted from the world. And then the E, the engaged, the unengaged. Those are actually, the V and the E is actually our focus for mission with all the other stuff that we're doing for 2020 in the year of renewal. So for the V to visit the vulnerable, we're going to say it this way, that we're going to help children who are vulnerable. So our focus is vulnerable children. That's why, as a church family, we've done so much with foster care, and that's why we're going to continue to push the need to transform foster care in our community. We want to work with the amazing men and women who are already involved there. We've been doing it for a while. It's one of the greatest needs in our community. There's over 700 kids in foster care, and there's only about 200 and something families who are involved helping over 700 kids. And so as a church family, it's something that we've been doing. Many of you are already involved. We want to get more involved. Also, our school partnership, something we've been doing for a long, long time. We want to help students, kids who are in vulnerable situations. Why? Because we want to visit the vulnerable. It's who we are. You know, uh, it's one of the things we just did, our big Christmas outreach, where we collected granola bars for Vancouver public schools. Why? Because kids, you know, we live in a community where one out of every five people are food insecure which means one out of every five children in a public school is food insecure. And there's nothing that is more, that has a greater impact on learning than when you are starving and you have nothing to eat. How many of you could could do anything when you're not eating? Right, it's hard to to think straight. So we're like, okay, we have to, we wanna get deeper involved in this. That's so going to be one of our big focuses. We're going to visit the vulnerable. We're going to help children who are vulnerable. It's something that we've been doing. We're just going to take it to the next step. What would it look like for us not to have a foster care crisis in our community? Church side of the crossroads with all of us involved, being with Jesus, learning how to be the church. You know Jesus loves those kids. He has all he wants is to bless those kids. All he wants is those kids to flourish and grow. We're going to help. We're going to join him. And transforming our community and our world. And then, of course, the E. We're gonna engage the unengaged. I'd say it to you this way: that we're gonna reach the least reached. Now, what this speaks of, of course, is this speaks of the idea of the cause of the good news of Jesus globally. Now, as a church family, we've talked about this a lot, but we're gonna keep and we're gonna keep raising the bar on what we're doing. Jesus is
1: Today, Pastor Daniel continued the overview of his vision for you and the church. You learned that God wants you to connect with him and with other believers as you get involved with one another and serve where there's a need. Then the transformation that you experience will spill out into the world. Pastor Daniel reminded you that God wants to use you to make a difference in the world as you follow his lead. Join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel takes you back to the foundational truths of who you are because of Jesus. You'll be reminded that you are chosen by God and are part of his family. He sought you out. You were far away because you were precious to him. Pastor Daniel will also remind you that you are who you are, not because of what you've done, but because of the work that Jesus is doing in your life.